Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. This Clock Dodgers podcast episode is sponsored by No Halftime, the daily fantasy sports app where you can play player versus player challenges. It's a new way to do things. It's an exciting way to do things. Jump aboard now, guys, before it blows up and you act like you're brand new. All right? You could do your friends' challenges. You could challenge your family members. You can challenge your coworkers. You could challenge the guy sitting next to you at the bar right now that's talking mad junk. Go ahead and challenge them. What you want to do is when you sign up, and you could spread this to your family and friends too. Give them some free money. Help out. It's all about spreading the word guys and helping the next man right so let them know to use the promo code clock c-l-o-c-k at sign up that'll get them ten dollars instantly on their account if you want one of the fancy no halftime t-shirts that you don't got yet i got the hookup hit them up on email hit them up on twitter let them know clock dodger sent you be nice leave them a review on uh the app store that'll really help out and uh again guys you gotta understand no halftime has been rocking with clock dodger since we started this thing i mean you know maybe a couple episodes in but they but they've been there since the beginning you guys have been there since the beginning this 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 all makes sense we're a family so go ahead and support them guys no halftime.com get them on your app store now doesn't matter what device you have and let's go ahead and get into this episode again shout out to no halftime This is episode 33 of the Clock Dodgers podcast. It is going to be a fantasy football edition. This is your host, Neil. I actually have my boy Jeff with me today, and we've actually been in multiple leagues over probably 10 years or more, I would say, um, on and off. And I've won every single one, of course. That's not that's, that's to be expected. Um, so, you know, we're just going to have a fancy football talk. You know, nothing too crazy. We're just going to kind of get, you know, kind of dig inside each other's minds here, figure out where we're at with stuff, and kind of just go over a lot of the hot topics right now that are going on. So, Jeff, what is up, man? What's going on, Neilam? Hey, you know, all that lying about you winning every league, and, you know, come on, man. You, you ain't win everyone, you know. I won a couple of them. Yeah, I think I might have took a hiatus when you won some of those, but that's all right. That's all right, you know. That's that's the way it works. That's that's all good, man. Everyone's got to win. We got to spread it around. So yeah, okay. Let's 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 kind of just jump straight into some some of the hot topics, I guess you could say. Some of the things that are popping right now in, in fantasy football or in the NFL world, however you want to look at it. Um, some some running back stuff that's really going on. So we'll jump straight into this running back traffic that's happening. And the biggest news right now is Le'Veon Bell possibly being suspended for four games uh, for, I guess what they're saying is he's missed multiple drug tests. Um, I don't know if he's dodging the, the drug test because he's going to fail him anyway or or what, you know, we haven't heard a lot of specifics on it um, besides the fact that he's going to possibly be suspended four games here and it's due to, you know, substance abuse or whatever the case is. Um, how, 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 how much of a factor do you think this is as far as drafts, you know, that are going to happen here. And, you know, right now people are drafting or even closer to the season. Um, If he is suspended for four games, how, how do you think that affects his 
you know, draft position right now going forward? Well, for me, I mean, I still, you know, like we talked about before off air, um, I still feel that, you know, he's still a high pick. Um, I still took, take a chance on him. Um, Do you but, take a chance in the first round? Ooh, first round. Um, later in the first round, yeah. I mean, I don't know about, like, in a top five, top, you know, seven pick or something like that. But if, if we're in a 12-team league and we're talking, you know, 10 to 12, I may still take that chance knowing that he's only going to be out for four games. But I'm going to also be trying to target D'Angelo Williams because you've seen what he did last year and, you know, in the games that he played in. So, you know, I'm definitely going to uh, try to get him. But then, you know, that means you're going to have to fight with someone else trying to pick up the actual Williams also. Because that's happened a couple of times in, in uh, the league I was in last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think very highly of Le'Veon Bell. It's only four games. But at, right now we're only talking about uh, uh, possibly being suspended. He's not definitely suspended right. yet. Okay. But if he becomes suspended, yeah, I mean, I'd still take him in the uh, in the first round, late first round. Okay, so so if you take him in the late first round, um, you know, he is suspended for four games, we'll say. So then you're saying you have to take D'Angelo, period, because you have to get that coverage, but you're going to take him earlier than you would have before, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you, you would take D'Angelo earlier than you would have, of course, yeah, I mean... Uh, so you're just gonna you have to bite that. that you just have to bite that bullet and just take him earlier than you would have. Yeah, definitely. I just it's it's like picking up a whole backfield, knowing that you know who wouldn't want Pittsburgh's backfield. I mean, that's that's like, that's goal right there. So yeah, I I just just go ahead and pick up D'Angelo. Uh, uh, you know, a lot earlier than I would. I just bite that bullet. That's all. Yeah, and so I mean, for me, like personally, he he does like drop a little bit for me, like you said. You know, just of course, obviously, he has to because you're gonna get less production out of him, but. You know, if all things go as planned, you'll have him for, you know, obviously the the important half of the season. Um, for me, I think he's going to drop to a point, unless I want to invest in D'Angelo Williams, I guess he's going to drop a little bit for me. And I don't know if it'll be past the point where I'm not typically going to get him because I don't, I don't think he's really going to fall, you know, dramatically because some people are like, oh yeah, let him fall. And I'll just, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen like that. I don't think it's going to be a thing where there's a dramatic you know, drop in, in, in his, in his, um, ADP where people who think, um, that they're going to take advantage of it in some way. I don't, I don't think that's really going to happen. Um, j- just from, you know, a non-fantasy football standpoint, what, what do you think about, you know, like his situation, like being suspended, um, for, you know, not being able to stop using, you know, drugs, I'm assuming weed. Um, you know, it, it's just, it gets a little frustrating for me. Cause I'm like, you're a grown man, dog. Like, Anybody in that position, like, I just don't understand it, man. I can't, I can't comprehend where I'm gonna continue to do something that I know somebody is testing me for. That you know, my well-being is being affected by it. As far as my financial gain, um, if I have a family, you know, they're being affected by it. I just don't. I, I, I guess I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not addicted to anything in that kind of manner that someone's telling me not to use, where I have to, you know, see what that feels like. But how, how do you personally feel about people who can't? you know, get past this. Like we see it with Martavius Bryant. Um, we've seen it with um, a couple of other Josh guys, actually. Gordon. Uh, yeah, with Josh Gordon. Yep. And you see it with, you know, a lot of guys out there. It's, just, it's like they just can't stay off the weed. You know, most of the time, that's what it comes down to, the, you know, weed or whatever. And, and, you know, I mean, I guess for some people, it's, you know, it's real good to them, but is it, is it that important where you, you know, jeopardize your whole career? I mean, 
something that you worked for your whole life, you know, you're going to jeopardize all that just to be able to smoke. I mean, it can't be that important. Nothing can be that important. So, I mean, I'm the same way with, with you, man. It's like, you know, why why would you jeopardize everything just to be able to do that? I mean, it, it just makes no sense to me. It's extremely frustrating to me. And, you know, and you got talented guys. You want to see these guys out there balling and doing what, you know, the, the, given, the God-given talent that, that they were given. You know, you want to see them guys out there doing that, but, you know, they keep messing themselves up by doing this stupid stuff. And, it's, yeah, it, it's extremely frustrating. But, I mean, I... I mean, and from a, like, a... Uh... You know, we, we look at this guys. You know, we're, we're grown men, so we look at these guys as football players, entertainers, whatever. But you do have kids um, who look at them as role models. So again, that's another thing. You know, what I mean, kids who are who are looking up to these guys are seeing that these guys because it gets blasted all over ESPN. It gets blasted yeah. all you know over every you know entertainment network you could possibly find. And then you know you're you're, you're showing kids you can't control you know have any self control. You know, you don't have your priorities in order. And and, and like I said, we're not. It's not like you know, the NFL is asking you never to do this for the rest of your life. It's just right now for this short career that you're going to play, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's a short career, whether it's 10 years, five years, whatever it is. Um, you can't just limit that. You know what I mean? For that short period of time. So it is, like you said, frustrating um, to see people do that. Um, of course, it's easier, you know, as us looking in, I, we don't know if this guy has a real problem with anything and this, you know, does something for him as far as um, if he has some kind of other conditions or issues or whatever, the you know, just pain management, whatever the case is. Um, so it's easy to judge him for it. But it's just like, you know, it is frustrating. You know what I mean, like you said, yeah. um, and, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But like I said, on, on, on a fantasy purpose, my, my whole thing is, can I trust him? Um, and, that, and that's why I say that he drops for me past where I'll probably take him, where everybody else will be willing to take him just because. Yeah, it's four games, but what if four games turns into more games and more games? Like I don't, I don't, I just don't want to deal with that headache. And I, I understand, you know, you're always taking a risk when you draft players because guys can get injured. You can't predict that. Um, another, you know, someone could get popped for something like this. You can't predict it. But I still have to give him, you know, a, a ding for it because I know he's having the issue with it. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. that's something that I'm not gonna just, you know, brush off or whatever. Uh, and yeah. then an another running back who just hit the headlines around exactly the same time. Um, his is a little different of a situation, though. Ezekiel Elliott um, was accused of, I want to say, his domestic abuse or something uh, from yeah, reportedly uh, an ex, which, you know, a lot of people uh, are saying, again, this is all allegedly, um, you know, his camp is saying this is all just, you know, it's all BS. It's all bullshit, basically. Um, this is an ex who um said like if he left her or if he you know is no longer with her that she was going to do something to ruin his life or whatever the case may be um i don't think anything like this has ever been reported about him like from everything we know he's a good dude or whatever so um it yeah. probably has no legs to stand on um i don't think it should affect his draft status for anybody i don't think anybody should be concerned with it i do believe um it'll all just get cleaned up i mean you agree that he's just safe to draft where everyone's been drafting him right Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, from what I've seen and, you know, the sites I use, you know, get my information on, I mean, I haven't seen it affect his uh, ADP whatsoever. Um, I've seen him be drafted, you know, in the top five, you know, top three sometimes. So it has not affected his, his uh, ADP whatsoever. Um, you know, I would still draft him pretty high if I had a chance. I mean, I'm I'm really high on the guy. Too. Yeah, I was going to ask you, where where are you at with him? Like, if, if this was, you know, we're drafting today, your standard, you know, PPR or whatever you want to call it, 
um, tw- you know, twelve man PPR league. Just I, I, I consider that the standard at this point. I could be wrong, but I just consider like the standard for me at least. Um, what, where, where do you, where do you draft him at? Like, what, what is the first pick that you take that you feel like okay, Elliot's my guy there? Um, if it was me drafting, I'd be drafting him around between the seven and twelve spot in the twelve team league. Um, I would feel comfortable getting him between that spot right there. Um, you know, I would not take him in the top five or six picks. Uh, you know, there are some other guys that are very high on that, you know, I would take before him. Um, the question, another question, a uh, good question would be is, would you take him over Le'Veon Bell knowing that Le'Veon Bell would be uh, out before games? Yeah, and, and see, um, it, it, before that I would say yes, um, but now – I don't know, you know. I mean, and I, I don't, and I'm a guy already. Probably, I don't want to say I'm skeptical about him. You know, more more skeptical than the average person or whatever. But just, I just feel like, you know, he he is a rookie. Um, you know, running back. You know, is a. I don't know. I just. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel good on a first round rookie draft pick. Um, you know, taking him there. It just for some reason, uh, it worries me. I don't know. Like, I I just feel like there's so many variables. You know, will will Dallas run this dude into the ground, which everybody is saying they will. You know, everyone's saying they're going to run the hell out of this yeah. guy. So, yeah. you know, are they going to run him into the ground? Are they really not going to, you know, use him as much as people are saying they're going to use him? I know he was a first-round pick, so that's where everyone's kind of going with this. So, so you're saying that he, you wouldn't take him in the, in the uh, first round? Well, that's what I'm trying to think about. You know, um, I'm already not really interested so much. So in a running back in the first round, I really would like, like to get a wide receiver and pretty much – um, any draft, but if I'm like outside of those top top wide receivers, um, like for instance, if Gurley's there, I'm picking Gurley over him. Would you pick Gurley over him? Oh yeah, oh definitely. I okay, pick Gurley over um, him definitely. You said you probably wouldn't pick Bell over him now, right? Or you would still? Um, oof. like I if you can I guarantee me I'm gonna get D'Angelo Williams, I probably would still take Bell over Elliott. Um, but yeah, but you, I, can't, you never you know can't if someone's gonna snipe you. Because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you know, you know, you're taking a huge risk taking him, taking Bell, and then thinking that okay, D'Angelo, I'm gonna get him in, uh, let's say, uh, ninth round, tenth round, something like that, or maybe even early, somebody, someone may even snipe him earlier than that. I you don't may, know, you, you may snipe him earlier because you know he's getting at least four good games for you. Yeah, you know I mean, and uh, you yeah, don't know exactly. if there'll be maybe more to follow or if Bell gets hurt again. Um, he definitely has high upside when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I mean, D'Angelo has a huge uh, upside. I mean, just just imagine you take someone snipes D'Angelo from you. You got Bell, and then Bell gets popped again for another uh, a drug, um, uh, another drug charge or whatever, and then you got a number one running back for the rest of the year with D'Angelo yep. in the ninth round or, or the seventh or eighth round. You know that that'll be huge. You know for any yeah. anybody's team. So what about yeah? I mean, what about David Johnson over Elliot? I don't. Th- are you a big David Johnson fan? Um, I am a David Johnson fan. Um, but I think I would take um, I would I think I'd take Bell over David Johnson. I but think would still you take, take Elliot over, over David Johnson? Johnson? Ooh, that's a good question. Ah, um, <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, See, in that situation, I think I would still go David Johnson. I'm just, I don't know what it is about Elliott, man. I just think it's the unproven factor for me that, like, yeah, you know, I, steers me I can me understand away. that, yeah. I can understand that you, you, you feel he's, you know, he's unproven, yet you already seen what David Johnson can do. So, you know, but then you got guys talking about how, uh, you know, Chris Johnson's going to 
take some of his snaps and he's going to, you know, how good he did last year when he had his chance. And, you know, but I, I, I'm not a believer of that. I still think Dave Johnson's still the guy there and he's going to, you know, have a, a pretty good year, have a great year this, this year. So, um, but that is a really good question. My answer to that question would be, I'm still going back and forth in my head on that, but um, I'm going to take the guy with the star on his help. I'm still going to take his yeah. Elliott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are with you. Like I said, a lot of people are behind him. I don't know if it's a hype thing. I don't know if it's the, the fresh legs and him being a cowboy, America's team, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, like I said, I don't I don't know if I'll end up with him, you know, just depending on where people uh, value him. I, I, I've seen him go so high in drafts. I don't think I'll get him, but – um, it'll be interesting to see how, how he plays out. Um, another running back that has found a home is uh, Arian Foster to the Miami Dolphins. Now, this this is a funny one for me because, first of all, I'm a big fan of Arian Foster, the the player, the the person, you know, everything that he you know he puts out there. Um, I'm I'm a fan of him. Even last year, I drafted him. Um, you know, got pretty decent value for him, and of course, then he gets hurt, and uh, there there goes Arian Foster. Um, I I don't know if that's going to be any different this year. You know, it's another year, another injuries, you know, um, a lot, a lot of people are taking this as a hit to a Jaya who a lot of people already didn't have faith in, or a lot of people, you know, don't know a lot about, or don't know, um, exactly what he's capable of as like the number one back in in Miami. And so now they're taking Mm -hmm. this as another hit to him. Um, uh, my, my, my view on it is I like that because I'm an Ajayi fan and I'll let you knock him down another round or whatever you you know whatever he falls because of this. You know what I mean, like I'm willing to take that. Um, I would even draft Foster, but of course I would draft him later than Ajay. I don't know if people are thinking him over Ajay now or, or what the, the the thinking is exactly. But um, are, are you more of a I'll take Foster later guy or I'll go a little earlier for Ajay guy? I'm more of a I'll go a little earlier for Ajay guy. So you still believe in Ajay even with the signing of Foster? Oh. Oh yeah, I still believe in the Jai, even even with Foster being there. Even though Foster, you know, his presence can still, you know, if he's healthy, if Foster's healthy, and that's a huge if, we all know that. But if he's healthy, he can kind of take a little bit away from Jay Jai, even if uh, they they you know name him the starter, and I'm pretty sure they they will or already have. Um, but I'm still a big Jay Jai uh, fan, and. You know, from what I've been seeing lately, his ADP is around, you know, between 50, 60, somewhere around that fifth round guy. He's like a fifth round running back type guy. Um, I mean, I'd be happy to have him in the fifth round. I, I, I really would, you know. So so he so he would likely be, what, your second running back for you, right? The way you draft your style yeah, of drafting? Yeah, my style of drafting, yeah, he'd be like a, 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 my second running back. So, and, I, and I feel like he can be a, a, a high end two, maybe even a low end one. Okay, so you so you see better value than even where he's going at. What if the Dolphins came out tomorrow and said Foster Ajayi fifty fifty split? It's gonna happen. This is the way it's gonna go. Do you still feel that good about Ajayi? I still feel that good about Ajayi okay. because I don't I don't trust Foster's health. That's why. Okay, I got you. That's the reason why. Yeah, I I feel that way too. Like I said, I don't think um it affects Ajayi that much. I I personally have been getting that. That's a guy I have been getting on a lot of drafts. Um, because again. Um, I don't know if there's just not as many people who believe in him or, or what the case is, but I do believe in him, and so I do tend to get him um, because I do love his value. Like you're saying, 
Um, you know, a, a lot of people see him as a second running back. Some people see him as a, a third running back. Um, but I do see the low end one potential, like you said. Um, I just feel good about it, you know, just going off my gut and, and what I've seen him do. So I definitely feel good, and I'm not going to let the Foster thing affect me. Would you draft Foster later, though, or are you just going to stay away from him altogether? Um, if I draft a Jai, I probably would, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably take a flyer on him late. We're real late in the draft. You know, we're talking, you know, we're doing 16 rounds, something like that, and we're talking 14, 15. I may take a, a, a flyer on him if I drafted a Jai. Yeah, I would. Because yeah. I, know, I know what Foster can do when he's healthy. I know what type of back he can be when he's healthy. So if I got a Jai and he's my number two, I can probably have him stashed there. Something happens with a Jai or whatever. You know, I mean, I already know what Foster can do. So, yeah, I would uh, take Foster. Yeah, and with, with the way the fantasy football works and all the time we have to lead up now still until the season starts, for some reason something tells me when it's all said and done, those guys are going to go in drafts like near each other. That's just how I feel. I just feel like Ajay is going to get drafted and then Foster is going to be like the next round or somewhere near it. I feel like it's going to be really close for some reason because I think many people are going to believe that Foster is going to take that job somehow. Um, and again, Foster, if healthy, if, he, if there was a you know, guaranteed health some magical way, um, he's, he's a star in my opinion. He's, a, he's crazy talented. It's just, you know, how many people believe that he's going to stay that healthy? No, but not, not many people believe in it, but um I definitely hope he does because, like I said, super talented guy. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to talk about with you because, like I said, me and you have been in multiple leagues together. Um, it, it tends to be a trend that when we are in leagues together, we make a trade. It seems like at least one every year. Um, me, me and you, I guess you could say we're trade-friendly, right? We're trade-friendly kind of guys. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely <laughs> always seeking out trades in the league. I believe you know, you're the same way from every – you know, every league we've been in, you've always been a guy to – you know, I, not I just talk trading. trades, but come to people for trades. Yeah, um, exactly. So I wanted to talk about trade like ethics with you in, in, in a sense, because um, we were in a league last year, which I did discuss on the podcast before this trade, um, which towards the end of the season, um, two of the guys, actually three of the guys in the league were brothers. And uh, two of them made a trade um, at the end, towards the end of the season, right before the trade deadline, literally like hours, minutes before it or something, it seemed like. Um, and the trade was really fishy, uh, weird trade, you know, to go down. And it didn't make any sense because it's not like it was a dynasty league or anything like that. And um, the one guy who had like two wins for the whole season um, trades a super talented player um, to his brother who was in first place in his division. And the trade made no sense. Like there was there was no reason to make it. Last place guy couldn't go nowhere no matter you know who he got. And it was just an odd trade to happen. Um, I'm super big on like no trade veto in. I don't like... I don't like when teams can veto trades because I feel like there's going to be haters in the league. And if you make a good trade that, you know, somehow you pulled off for whatever reason, uh, people are just going to just veto it, you know, just to be a hater and, and to block you or whatever, even when it's a legit trade. Um, so I'm not big on trade vetoing or anything like that. Um, but you do have to, you know, cut out the shady shit, right? I mean, you can't you can't let shit like that fly. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I, I've been a commissioner of uh, a league uh, for a few years now, and you know, and with as far as my understanding of that, it's like, I mean, there's no way that I'm gonna allow that. Me being the commissioner, that that's that is like the shadiest shit you could do. As far as you know, you got a guy that's way out of out of the playoffs. He's two and forever, and you got another guy that's winning and and, and about to go in the playoffs, and and he's giving up his the the guy that's two and forever is giving up his best guy for you know ba- basically crap. 
And at the same time, they try to justify why he's doing it, which made no sense. And, you know, to me, if I'm commissioner in that, that's why I do believe in the veto because of stuff like that. You know, I do believe in vetoing stuff. But, I mean, but, I, but I, but I you use do, that Do you rarely. do commissioner veto or you do league vote? Well, I, I would do commissioner veto okay. because, you know, I don't want to leave it up to the league because when you get more people involved in that, then you start getting with the hater thing. If it's just you doing it, you know that, you know, they, they, you know that you're, you're a guy of integrity. You, you know, you're the commissioner for a reason. You know, you're not, they have to trust that you're going to make the right decision for the league. So if, you know, you get a trade in that, that manner, you know that that's bullshit. So you're going to, you know, do the right thing and, and veto a trade like that. You're right. not just going to be vetoing things right and left, but, you know, something like that. Come, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't just veto anything because, again, you know, you may value a guy totally different than I value it. You may value him totally different than the rest of the league values it. So it's not fair to just veto trades. But when you take everything into account, like, you know, teams that cannot even mathematically make the playoffs, um, you know, they shouldn't be making trades, like, period. Like, I don't even understand why that, you know, why they would do that in the first place. If you can't make the sure, playoffs. I, I understand you know. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It helps somebody out do some sh- some shifty stuff. But other yeah, than that. Exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, you can target – you know, weaker players, that's that's an advantage you have to take advantage of. Um, people who don't, you know, who aren't as, you know, maybe they're not as top of things as you are. Maybe they don't uh, aren't as good as you at yet at, at fancy football. I, you can target those people. You know what I mean? You could take them, but you got to get a better end of a deal. That's that's the way you're, that's what you're looking for. But, um, exactly, you yeah. know, when things look funny on both ends, that's when um, you have to, uh, you know, have to get rid of that. And are you with me in agreement that, like, for me, like, trading with people is like a mental game? Like, I don't even care oh, who the yeah, players yeah, are yeah. involved. Like I had, it's like a sales, you know. Like I feel like a salesman when I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean exactly. Of course. I mean, I'm 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 more into the the the, the game, the, the the whole game of trading and getting into to someone's head, getting into your opponent's head, and trying to you know get them to trade you know uh, their good players for your average players. Not in the sense of oh, I'm just going to give you crap, but I'm gonna I want to I want to try to get you know, more out of the trade. I, I'm not necessarily doing it to break even. If that's the case, then why do it? Exactly. You know, I'm doing it to try to get a better player. In my mind, I mean, in, in the other guy's mind, he may be thinking he's getting the better end of the deal. But in my mind, if I'm doing a trade, I'm doing it because I, I feel I'm getting the better end of that trade. So that's why I pull the trigger. But for some reason, every time me and you make a trade, you always get the better end of the deal. <laughs> so I need to stop trading with you. No, man, don't don't be like that. Listen, my top three people that I hate in this world, one of those people are people who refuse to trade. Like, I cannot stand when someone says to me, oh, you know what, man, I'm going to stick with what I got. You know, these are the guys I drafted. I'm happy with it. I can't stand that because even when I draft, um, I mean, you know, of course, I'm over you know, happy with what I did. I think I did a good job. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. But at the same time, I don't put I don't say that nobody has a price tag or if there's a way for me to improve my team, that I'm not going to do it. So those people annoy me. I understand you believe in your system or you believe in your your rankings or you believe in your strategy. But at the same time, there's people who just will not trade just off the principle of it. Like they just refuse to trade because they believe so much in what they have. And I can't stand that. I have to admit, I think like in, in, in a lot of the leagues that I've won through waivers and trades combined, I probably end up sometimes with two or three guys if that, that I originally drafted. And it's not that I drafted bad because I traded those guys. People wanted them. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I, I drafted bad. It's just that, um, you know, I was able to sell them for something that I felt was more value, you know, at the end of the day. 
Um, and so I ended up, you know, moving them. I don't, I don't put that, you know, this guy doesn't have a price tag or I believe in what I, you know, worked on all season long. So I'm not going to trade with anybody. I can't stand that. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely me either. I, I just love that game of trading. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of the type of guys that like, I think we spoke about this before. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys that when they had NCAA or, or, or even in Madden, you know, I would like, I just like to play the franchise mode. And just you know, build a team and and do trades and free agency. I mean, I, I'm one of those type of guys. You know, yeah, I like to actually play the game also, but I would also you know do that off season stuff. Some of the off season stuff is some of the best stuff in those games. You know, so I mean, that's one of the reasons why I hated that NCAA went away. But you know, hopefully it will come back. You know, but um, you know, I I just love that game of trying to get you know. Uh, uh, someone to, to trade with you and, and building your team, and you know, you know, it, it's not all about the draft. The draft right, is right, just, right. you know, where you start from. You know, I, I have won, you know, four times in my league that I've been in, um, like maybe out of twelve years. So that's about, you know, once every three years of uh, a championship. That's not too bad. It's like it's you basically know. you know every year that I'm not in it. Okay, go ahead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, but it doesn't matter. Like I said, we're talking one out of every three years I win a championship. That's pretty good, you know. Anybody, nah, that's pretty good. Most people will take that. That's most people good. will take that. So, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it's I, I would I would um definitely you know I, I just always love that that you know getting into the, the the minds of other people's head and you know trying to you know build my team from the ground up. And, yeah, you know, we like we like I, the GM I, I'm, I'm aspect of it. Yeah, we love that GM aspect of it. I'll, I'll, I'm always going to love that. I'm always going to trade, and, and you know, that, I, I love that aspect of it. All right, so so speaking of trading, like I, I wanted to play a little game here. Um, I, I tried to give it a name, you know, like fantasy football trade blackjack, and you know, trying to trying to play with something here, trying to throw some ideas around. But but basically, right. what I want to do is, I want to I want to give you a player. Okay, so I'm going to give you a player to start with, and then what I'm going to do is. You can you can look. I say blackjack because you can look at it as me giving you cards, um, which are the players that I want to trade to you for that player, and and you basically would say hit me for every time that I had to give you more players because that player to you isn't enough. I just want to kind of see, you know, because okay for me when I do trades a lot of times I try to package guys, so I'll try to give like two guys for one, three for one. Um, that's like my thing. That's that's the way I like to go at it. Um, so yeah. I want to see how many players I have to give you. Um, to get the guy I want to see where you think it's fair value. So you basically, I'm going to give you a name of a player who it's your guy at the moment, and then I'm every name I play after that is my, the card I'm giving you. And if you think you need more players in that deal for me, then you say hit me just like you would in blackjack. And if you once once we get to a point where you feel like I'm giving you back enough value, you just go ahead and stand. All right. All right. All right. So the um, the first player I'm going to give you is Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. So you have Odell Beckham Jr. right now, and now I'm going to start offering you players, and you just keep telling me hit me. Um, as I have to keep adding, I, I'm, I'm going to try to give no more than like three names per, per each, each deal. So if you, if you keep hitting me, you know, after three players, I'm going to have to just fold my cards, man. Yeah. You're um, a bust. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a bust. So, um, the first player for Odell Beckham that I'm offering in the trade is Jarvis Landry. Hit me. Hit you. Okay. I'm going to add Devonta Freeman to the deal. So now I'm giving you Landry and Devonta Freeman for Odell Beckham. like having a 16 in blackjack <laughs> That's like, so right now you, know, you have the t- you have arguably the top you know player in the game 
but I'm giving you what, what most would consider, a, you know, Devonta Freeman, maybe a top 10 running back, some maybe not. And, and a lot of these guys I'm giving you um, in return, I purposely chose certain guys because I feel like people are kind of questionable on some. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Um, so, but in some cases here, you, you can consider Freeman a top 10 running back and you can consider Landry, I don't know, top 15. I mean, depending on who you ask. Um, so right yeah. now I'm giving you Landry and Freeman for Beckham. Hit you or are you going to stand there? Um, you know, I'm going to stand there. I'll You're going to stand. That. Okay. I'll okay. I like that. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's, let me give you another guy. Let me give you a guy who you've been kind of, uh, you know, like like we just talked about him earlier, David Johnson. So you have David Johnson. I know. Now I know you're not a crazy fan of his. I know you're not crazy. So um, let me see. I'm going to give you Latavius Murray. Oh, no. You got to hit me a lot. Okay. Harder. I'm going to add Alshon Jeffrey to the trade. So now you're getting Latavius Murray and Alshon Jeffrey, and I'm getting back David Johnson. Some argue the best player in the game right now. Some argue top three running back. Some argue top five. Some argue top ten. But I'm giving you uh, Latavius Murray and Alshon Jeffrey for him. Yeah, hit me again. Hit you again. Okay. Yeah, what if I add the rookie from the Browns, Coleman, into the deal? I'll take that. You'll take that? So you're going to stand? Yeah. I'll stand. Okay. I'll okay. stand at 19. Okay, yo man, I'm doing we're doing pretty good here, man. I'm doing pretty I'll good. I'll stand at 19. I'll take that. Okay, all right. The next guy, again, you know, some people love him. Some people are, you know, think he's gonna regress a little bit. Some people think he'll do better. I'm gonna let you start with Allen Robinson. All right. Now, straight out the gate, I'm gonna hit you with Kelvin Benjamin for Allen Robinson. No, hit me. Okay, okay. I'm going to add Matt Jones into the deal, running back for Washington. So now I'm giving you Matt Jones, and I'm giving you Kelvin Benjamin for Allen Robinson. Oh. Mm. Wow. <laughs> now, see, and, and again, I'm using guys. Remember, I'm trading you guys here that I'm purposely using these names because people are, you know, some people love them, some people hate them, some people, you know, don't, you know, are kind of wishy-washy about them. So I'm just curious, you know, the, the, the name you're starting with are typically guys that people love. Um, and the names I'm giving you back are guys that, you know, it's either a love or hate thing or kind of in the middle. So I'm just curious to how many of those names I have to give to kind of, you know, get the player. You know, we're, talking, we're talking here about a top 15 back and maybe a top 20 receiver. Um, and for argument's sake, you can call it PPR. You can call it whatever 20, you want. Yeah, even if it's PPR, he'd probably be like he'd probably he'd probably be a top twenty-five receiver and a top fifteen back for a top ten receiver. Could even be a top five. Receiver. Top five? Who, which one are we talking about? Al Robinson. Al Robinson. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. Um, he could even be that. Um, I think he'll be more of a top ten receiver though. Um. I I want to get hit one more time. Though. Okay, what about if I add Tyler Lockett from the Seahawks? Is that enough? Mm-hmm. So now we're talking about Kelvin Benjamin, Tyler Lockett, and Matt Jones for Allen Robinson. Oh man, um, is, is Tyler Lockett enough, or is that you know not close enough to a twenty-one for you? That that's a little bit. Uh, I still don't know if I'm taking that. Still don't know if I'm taking it. So, um, so is this a twenty-one or a that, bust? That's, that's a that's a bust. Okay. I, mean, I don't think. Yeah, that's a bust. I, I'm not taking. It. <laughs> All right, high on Allen Robinson, man. I like it. All right, I'm, I'm very high on Allen Robinson. Here, here's the last one I want to throw at you. 
You start with Julio Jones, okay? Now, here we go. Straight out the gate, I'm hitting you on this one. I'm giving you Lamar Miller for Julio Jones, straight up. No, you got to hit me a lot harder than that. Okay, We're talking okay. about a top two receiver here. Okay. I'm going to throw in Michael Crabtree with Lamar Miller. <laughs> you got to keep hitting that, buddy. Oh, man. Okay. That's, that's, like, that's, like, that's like having an 11 in blackjack. Okay. You got to hit that hard. Okay, what, what if I... <laughs> What if I throw in with my with my Lamar Miller, my Michael Crabtree, I'm gonna throw in a Jaye, and you give me Julio Jones. So now I'm giving you Lamar Miller and a Jaye, possibly in your opinion, two number one running backs, and Crabtree, who easily is a, a third wide receiver or a flex at, at the least, right? For Julio he, Jones, he's, probably he's, he's top three fancy player. Wide receiver, yeah. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, I think. Ah oh, man, that's a really, really good trade. Ah, uh, I mean, it would it would depend. I'd probably do that trade. I, I would probably take that trade. Those are two really good running backs. Um, but I mean, I, I I understand. I yeah, I understand that all these deals. Obviously, the the rest of the makeup of your team and everything has to. Yeah, it, obviously, it depends on the makeup of the team and do I need receivers and all that, you know. But if I'm good on receiver, let's say I went receiver heavy. Like a lot of people are doing nowadays, you know, it's all receivers nowadays. Um, but if I went receiver heavy, which is, you know, what I'm probably going to do, quiet as kept on telling you guys. Um, uh, I think I would take that trade because those are two really good running backs, and I think I'd take that trade. All right, man. Not not bad for the first game of blackjack, man. Fantasy football trade blackjack. Yeah, not bad. I like that game. I like that game. Not bad. I think we're just going to be a keeper. Um, I like that. One one player I wanted to discuss in that game we just had there was uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Um, and, and the reason for that is because um, I've had debates on the internet, on podcasts, on everything um, over Benjamin uh, in real life conversations with people. Um you know, some people aren't really a fan of him, specifically in PPR. They feel like he doesn't have a lot of volume. Um, and so I wanted to kind of see what you feel. I know you're an FSU guy already, so I know you kind of already are a fan of him. But, yeah. you know, he passes the eye test for me. Um, I liked what he did in his rookie season. I know he got injured last year and didn't play. Um, but I feel good about him. My my personal thing is, you know, I've seen Ted Ginn ball out, so I kind of have a Ted Ginn effect on me here. I'm not saying ball out, but obviously he caught a lot of big passes. Um, oh, he, and, he balled out, man. Yeah, he did his thing, man. For Ted Ginn, yeah, for Ted Ginn standards, he definitely for did. Ted Ginn, yeah, he did his thing. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people are going to say, but but Neil, you know, Benjamin doesn't play like Ted Ginn. He's not going to catch, you know, 40-yard bombs. And I, I understand that, but um, ne- nevertheless, I think he's more, way more talented than him. Um, you know, touchdown machine in my eyes. I think he can get more end zone, you know, just throw it up in the end zone, let him get it. So he has a really super high ceiling for me. And I think even his rookie season numbers, he can, you know, kill. So h- how do you feel about Benjamin? You know, I know we put him in the trade for um, Allen Robinson, which is a tough situation. I had you in there, but just in, in general, um, let's say PPR, cause I really like PPR leagues. Um, what, what do you think about him overall? Where, where, where do you, where do you like him at? Um, and do you feel a little bit better than him than other people maybe do? Cause you're an FSU guy. You have a little devotion to him or what? Oh yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I am a little biased because, you know, he's a FSU guy and you know, that's, I, I, I love those nose, baby. Let's go. Um, but, um, you know, that, that's an interesting question because we don't know what, to expect after him coming off an injury like that, and we saw what what uh, Ted Ginn d- did last year, but I still believe that 
um, Benjamin is going to outplay his ADP this year, which is around 23, 24, somewhere around there, um, between 20 and 25, I would say. I think he'll outplay that, and I think he'll be more of a top 15 receiver. Um, so well, I Would you take him higher him. than that ADP, though, or no? I would, um, I would take a chance on him. Yeah, I would. I would take a chance on him, not just because of the Florida State affiliation, but because, you know, I have faith in Cam Newton. I have faith in that offense, and I have faith that they're going to try to get this guy the ball in the red zone, and he is a, a monster. He's a beast in the red zone. So he's going to be getting those, you know, uh, quick slants, those fade routes. Yeah. You know, he's going he's to be getting all that stuff. And, you know, he's a touchdown monster. So I, I really have faith that he's going to outplay that ADP, and I, and I would take him higher than that ADP. Yeah, I, I, I probably would too. Um, you know, I'm try, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head right now. I my bad for not having the uh, the ADPs with me. I don't I don't know the guys who are like specifically right above him um, in the ADP. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but I definitely, you know, would would probably be taking him over a few of them. <clears throat> we're Just, talking about we're talking about guys like, uh, um, you know, Randall Cobb, Eric Decker, uh, uh, Jarvis Landry, Golden Tate. See, Jeremy see, Landry Batman. for me would be a tough thing. Landry or Benjamin, like that, that would give me pause. Um, Golden Tate, you know, he has an opportunity this season, and and we've seen him without Calvin before, and he 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 did pretty damn good. Um, but I, I think I would take Benjamin over him for me without question, yeah. Um, yeah. which some people would say I'm crazy again, because Golden Tate gets a lot of play. You know I mean, Matthew Stafford gives him a lot of attention. And now without Calvin Johnson there, um, that's only going to go up. You would assume unless the targets go totally to somebody else and that's it. But, um, you know, I, I would definitely take him over Decker. Um, I would definitely take him over Cobb, I believe, even though, you know, this may be a good season for him again, a bounce back with Jordy. Um, that, that, see that value in that wide receiver range. I like it. Like I could pass on wide receivers early and end up with a couple of guys there and be happy. So yeah, that's yeah, always an option yeah. too. you know, go running back early. Like, you know, a lot of people, like you said, are deviating from running back early. They're going wide receiver heavy, you know, maybe get yeah. two running backs in the first two rounds. And then, um, even if you're playing up a little bit too much for them, you know, maybe the third, fourth, fifth round, start grabbing some of those wide receivers who, um, who are left there because other people are now going running back. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's a, there's that's a lot option. of value at receiver. You know, well, there's a lot of value. So but this here is two guys endorsing Benjamin, man. You're good. You're good with us, Benjamin. Good money. Good money. <laughs> uh, some some um another thing I wanted to get into with you on this on this episode here is uh, QBs who I feel are on shaky ground. We're not sure whether they're going to be starters or not. Um, maybe there's a, a backup behind them that we like more or. Uh, whatever the case may be. So I got a few names I want to throw at you. Um, so this is going to be QB or not QB. <laughs> QB okay. or not QB. Um, QB or not QB. Yeah, man. To be or not to be. QB or not QB. You know, getting a little creative yeah, over here, man. A little creative. My, I, I, my, my creative juices were buzzing today, man. What can I say? Um, right. So the first name I'm going to throw at you is a personal one to you because you are a fan of the Denver Broncos, which is one of the very uh, big flaws in, in your personality, but uh, <laughs> the, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna talk Sanchez here for a second. Sanchez, does he start the not season or does he not? <laughs> not much to talk about, but we'll talk about him a little bit here. Um, I mean, I think he starts the season. I really do. I really do think he starts the season. Um, I think all he has to do is not make mistakes. Just hand the ball off to. You know, CJ and 
you know, uh, you know, get just like Manning was doing. I mean, it's not like Manning was tearing it up either. He wasn't tearing it up last year either, and we still won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, all he has to do is play his different role, <laughs> and we can still go out and have a great year and, and maybe get back to the bowl. But, you know, um, I think he does start the season. Um, whether he finishes the season or uh, something else, but I think I think he starts the season, and if he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes and he doesn't try to be the hero, then he should be all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm confident he starts the season. I don't I don't feel as good about him finishing it, like you said. Um, I do think one of the other two young guys um, will likely step up at that point, I believe. But one thing I will say is that after speaking with Matt Harmon um, a few episodes back at least, um, obviously he's a big wide receiver guy, and he, he definitely made me feel good about um, you know Thomas and Sanders in a sense that I'm not worried as much about who their quarterback is because, like you said, even with Peyton Manning, who was – uh, historically bad last season um they still got the job done so um, i'm not gonna panic on either of those guys but i do think sanchez starts it up and, and and loses that job at some point which i don't think is a bad thing for anybody but sanchez um yeah. the next guy i'm gonna throw out there is kaepernick um you know a lot of people are saying that um, at least from what i've been reading and what i've been seeing is that a lot of people feel confident that blaine gabbert is the starter uh, as as crazy as that sounds he had a decent season last season actually um and then you know with chip there um he i guess they feel that you know blaine can definitely run that system and, and do it well um we've, we've seen kaepernick have a lot of um, mental mistakes and and issues of that nature as far as when it comes to uh his 49ers uh, gig here um but for me um, I do think he's going to win the job in preseason, although I think Blaine is the favorite, like according to like coaches and stuff or or whatever it may be. I, I do think he's the favorite just because I think he's you know probably safer and more stable to them. Um, but for some reason, I just think that Kaepernick will shine a little bit again like he did um, a few years ago. And so I think he'll win the job. And I think, and this could be crazy to me, but I think that Kaepernick will be fantasy relevant this year. What do you think about that situation? Ooh. Um. You know, from a standpoint of the fact that he's going to be playing in Chip Kelly's offense, and I think um, that can probably help him. You know, you saw what uh, um, what's the other guy from Tennessee? Um, guy Mariota. Yeah, you saw what Mar- Mariota did, um, and I think that if he got a shot in that offense, that offense w- would fit his skill set, but. Um, what I'm seeing um, from a lot of uh, uh, drafts and a lot of uh, you know a lot of mock drafts and, and and some of the places where I get my info info from, I'm seeing Blaine Gabbert being ranked higher than Colin yep. Kaepernick, and um, so I'm not feeling that well about Colin Kaepernick's uh, status. You know, he he did have a an, uh, he he had a dreadful season last year, and um, I just don't. I'm just. I'm not feeling him being a starter. I think Blaine Gavin will be the starter week one. Okay, and, and that's fair. And I mean, a lot of guys. I've actually seen people draft both, like late in the draft, like super late, because nobody's really drafting them at any you know round of value um, that that matters. 
Um, you know, some people are grabbing them like the last two rounds or a couple of rounds before the end and getting both and just kind of hedging their bets, you know, figuring one of these guys will be the starter in what is expected to be a good offense. And so, you know, they're, they're going to win one way or the other, and then they can either drop the other guy or just kind of hold on to him. Um, and, and, and the only thing that concerns me with Kaepernick is um, Michael Crabtree, like ever since he left there and went to Oakland, he's never given a very good endorsement of Kaepernick. Um, you know, he kind of makes him, it almost makes him sound like he doesn't understand the game well or something, or doesn't comprehend it well, yeah. or it doesn't translate or whatever it could be. But, um, you know, I still think the guy is, you know, super athletic and we, we see what he could do with his legs and, you know, he definitely could throw the ball a little bit. So, um, I just feel like he's more exciting to watch than Blaine Gabbert. So I'm hoping he becomes relevant there. Um, the next one I want to throw at you is Geno Smith. Uh, this is a quarterback that I completely hate. <laughs> um, I, I can't stand yeah, the dude. For, I can't stand him fantasy wise. I just don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. And that's not to hate on the guy. Obviously, the guy's worked hard to get to where he's at. But I just don't. Oh, yeah, not not personally. Yeah, not personally. About, I don't hate the know. guy, but you know, just yeah, talent wise, yeah. I don't care for it at the major at the NFL level. At the major level, he was great in college. Um, but I, I just see the guy do things that just I'm you know I question. What, what's going through his mind at the time and i guess yeah, he makes bad yeah and i guess a little you know spoil from fitzpatrick who went there and actually looked good um i i i think that fitzpatrick will resign um before the season kicks off i just think that it makes too much sense for the jets i don't know if it's going to happen in preseason when they realize the quarterbacks they got just ain't good enough um but it seems like you know jets fans to me should be panicking brandon marshall is panicking um and they need to just pay this man his money so for me geno smith will not be the starter um, come season, and I think it'll be Fitzpatrick. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm agreeing with that. Also, I think it will be Fitzpatrick. I mean, they'd be. <laughs> I can't see the Jets not signing this guy and going to the season with, you know, Geno. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, I mean, they, they, I, I just can't see them going into the season uh, with this guy on the center. And um, Fitzpatrick could have a, a really good year. You know. Um, He's the guy that I would try to have on my team as a backup, you know, because he's got two good receivers on the outside. So, you know, that that usually translates. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Fitzpatrick will definitely be week one starter. And and this is a situation for me where I do feel like the quarterback will affect the wide receivers. For me here, um, unlike Denver's situation where I don't think anybody is terrible, um, if Fitzpatrick is not the starter in New York, I will knock down Brandon Marshall and Decker. 100%. Oh, yeah. they, they I will knock them down. Yeah, both of them would get knocked down. Yeah, Gino's just not going to do it for me. So those guys will be hurt by their quarterback on my rankings. Um, the last one I want to throw at you, and I'm going to let you kick this one off, is um, RG3. Will he start or not start in Cleveland? Uh, what else? Cleveland's working with Josh McCown. <laughs> that Cody is the backup. Kessler? Oh man! There's I no mean, Johnny Manziel. If he can't start in Cleveland, man, RG three needs to retire. <laughs> I mean, come on, he, he's got to be the starter in Cleveland. Man. That's, that's just by default, you know. He's he's got to be the starter in Cleveland. They don't they don't really have anything else. I mean, Josh McCown is okay. I'm not just knocking the guy, saying the guy's garbage or anything. I'm just saying he's not, you know, an NFL starting quarterback. I think RG3's skill set is better. I think RG3 is a better quarterback. And I think he should, you know, get the first crack at it and be the week one starter. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I think RG3 will be the starter. I don't think it lasts long. I think, like you said, he's the starter by default. He's the bigger name. He's the guy who was a starter. He was the guy hurled out of college and did good in the pros till he got hurt. Um, but I see him getting hurt again. I don't see it being any different this time in Cleveland. And uh, I think Josh McCann will end up finishing the season for whatever that's worth yeah, for Cleveland. I, I agree. But yeah. the question was, who starts? Yeah, 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 yeah. RG3 should, should start. Yeah, he should start, but... I don't know. That's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And, and, and speaking of like what's good for Cleveland and stuff, you know, fan bias, you know, kind of plays a um, an effect in in fantasy football. Uh, I've drafted Raiders before, but I've always had like a really like sketchy mentality on it. Like, man, do I just stay away from the Raider players? You know, like I know I think of them maybe a little better than others may think of them, and I don't want that to hurt me. Um, what what do you think about? When it comes to fan bias, like, do you, will you draft like you know D- Denver players? Do you, do you look and seek out Denver players? Like, how how do you feel about it when it comes to your team? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I, I would think most people uh, would like to have players from their team on their fantasy team just so they can be able to root for their team because it's hard when you're a fantasy player and you're a fantasy owner and you're you know, you got guys like, you know, you, uh, someone that plays for the Raiders and they're playing against my Broncos and, you know, I'm rooting for this guy from the Raiders to score a touchdown. But in the back <laughs> of my mind, it's like, I don't want him to score because I, I don't want my team to lose. And, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's a, a back and forth struggle and struggle right there. But, you know, I mean, I would want to have one of my players for my team so that I can, so that I can have something to root for on my team. So, yeah, I, w- I would love to have players for my I – mean, I try to target some players for my team, you know, and, you know, just so happen I got – you know, we got some pretty decent players on our team. So it's not hard to uh, target players from Denver, you know, but um, I would love to have like a C.J. Anderson or, you know, uh, Sanders or, you know, your, your uh, Demarius Thomas. I would love to have those guys on my team just so I can have someone to root for yeah, I I think the key thing is when you're when you're drafting your own you know your favorite your players from your favorite team. I think the key is um, understand that you have bias towards them and that not everybody is probably feeling exactly how you feel about them. Um, and also you know to kind of you know just temper your expectations a little bit. You know what I mean don't don't get crazy. Um, but one one thing I have found valuable is to leverage other people's favorite players against them, like in trades and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think that honestly does make, you know, have a, have, have a factor in it. Um, like if I'm trying to make a trade with you and I throw in like Demarius Thomas, like for you, it's a little different. I mean, like I'm throwing out one of your favorite players from one of your favorite teams, whatever the case may be. Um, and I, and I think that holds value, you know, in, in trade sense and whatnot. Um, so that's also something to, to use to your advantage, you know, not just for your own team bias, but your, your opponent's team bias. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, I do the same thing, man. It comes like Amari Cooper and stuff. I always tend to draft him higher than everybody else. Just, it's just the way yeah, it is, you man. Draft, you, you drafted him in one of your leagues, you know, and I, you know, first thing I said, well, that's a, that's a homer pick, you know, it had to be. I mean, <laughs> well, why does he, he got to be a homer pick? Why does he got to be a homer pick, man? Look, he is a good player. You know, it's not like you're getting a, a trash player, you know, but, you know, you could have went other ways and got other receivers. You know, but you know, you chose to go that way because I think he's a Raider. I think that's that was a uh, one of the deciding factors of why you went that way. So you know there's what I say? Wrong with that, you know. You know what I say to that man? You know what I say to your Homer thing? I say that's a foul, bro. And on top of that, <laughs> saying now that I'm saying it's a foul, we might as well go straight in to foul or no foul. The one and only, the 
often duplicated. You know, people try to copy and mimic it because it's such a great game, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's it's an awesome game, man. So you know, let's jump into it. Let's just let's just go right into it right now. Are you ready for that, man? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right, let's get it. It's that time again. <laughs> let's play another round of foul or no foul. So, you you know the rules of the game. I know you do, but. For those listening, sometimes we got a first, we got some first-time listeners or people who, you know, aren't familiar with the game. So what we do here is, in foul or no foul, I'm gonna throw statements at you that were, you know, either sent in to me by listeners, I created them on my own, I seen something on the internet and just kind of put it together. Uh, I thought it would be, you know, a good debate. So I, I'm gonna throw statements at you. If you if you disagree with the statement, it's a foul, and if you agree with the statement, it's a no foul, obviously. So yeah. the uh, these these topics are all just you know, all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to them. The first one I'm going to start off with you is kind of a, uh, I guess you could say it's an ethics foul or no foul. Um, the, the first statement is going to be, is it mandatory? Mandatory is a keyword here. Is it mandatory to do courtesy flushes when you're using a public bathroom and taking a number two? Foul or no foul? <laughs> uh, courtesy flushes. And just know um, people are going to judge you off of this. Yeah, this this is gonna be a deciding factor if they walk in and then back out of a public bathroom when you're in there. I I would say no foul. I, I think it is mandatory to do a courtesy flush, especially when you're in public bathrooms or you're at work <laughs> or wherever you are. I mean, come on, man, we flushed it during the toilet, man. Come on, listen, you know, man. nobody wants to smell that crap. Listen, it's a foul, man. It's a foul. When you step into a bathroom, it's supposed to smell like shit, man. That's just the way no, it is. No, the bathroom should be clean at all times. It's not man. our bathrooms to clean, man. There's someone who works there that's going to clean that bathroom. So if I'm in there uh, and I walk into a bad-smelling bathroom, then it's just the way it is. I, I got I to gotta go in expecting this is going to be ugly. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if you're a crime scene investigator and you walk into a, a homicide scene, you're going to expect to see some blood, man. I can't help it if you come into a bathroom and it smells like shit. That's just the way it goes. So Neil, you're nasty. And for those you who don't nasty. know, a courtesy flush, because some of y'all are nasty like me, a courtesy flush <laughs> is when you are taking a number two, you flush during it so that the smell does not, you know, go everywhere. So that while you're still while you're while yeah, you're still going, you are flushing. You're not done yet, but you're still flushing just to get rid of that smell, that aroma. Yeah, that's that's you nasty. Flush pl- the toilet, plus, if you don't do the courtesy flush, it's hilarious because you get to sit in the stall and hear people walk in, they're like, Oh man, what is that? <laughs> Or, or you go back to the, or you're doing it at work or something, and then people go back to this like, man, it smells like something died in the bathroom, man. You like, you know, it's and you, and you know it's you. It's epic, man. Which, which, which I kind of, which is crazy. I kind of enjoy those. those <laughs> That's moments, what I'm saying. Know? But, but still, you know, you should flush the toilet, man. Oh, man, these politically correct people. <laughs> All right, number two, and this is just a hit homerism town for both of us. Raiders will finish. With a better record than the Broncos this season, foul or no foul? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Outside of Raider fans, uh, Raider Nation, I don't know anybody that will say the Raiders are going to finish with a better record. I mean, come on, that, that's. I mean, even with, like I said, all Sanchez has to do is be uh, uh, Trent Dilfer all over again. You know. We got CJ back there. All he got to do is throw the little screens like Peyton Manning was doing, you know, with, with the, the flappy arm he had last year. <laughs> um, you know, all, we, we don't need, you know, uh, 49 touchdowns, Peyton Manning. We, all we need is, you know, uh, Sanchez to just 
you know, not make mistakes, hand the ball off to CJ and put that defense on the field, baby, because that D is going to be the difference. And everybody knows that D is no joke, baby. So that's a foul so, for you. Okay. Okay. Well, guess what I'm doing? Guess that what I'm doing? Foul. That's a no foul for me. I think it's 100% accurate. I don't think you can make a more accurate claim in the league than that right there. Because hey, I got I got some spare money. I hope you got something to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. You better not bump into any Raider fans in the street once this gets released because they ain't going to be okay, happy with you. Hey, I hope you got some money to lose. Whoever they are, I hope they got some money to lose. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is, baby. All right. We'll see. The next one I'm throwing at you, um, this goes, okay, so the statement is the latest game system, so Xbox One, PS4, whatever it is, over the original Nintendo, foul or no foul? Well, you're talking to a guy that has all of them, you know, has the, the Xboxes and the PS4s, but I also just got and purchased on eBay uh original Nintendo with all the old cartridges and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm I'm a little biased. I mean, as far as graphics and such like that, you know, I'm going with with the the Nintendo. As far as graphics, not not meaning the graphics are better with the Nintendo, but I'm just going with the Nintendo being, you know, me being an old school guy. The graphics, of course, are better with the newer newer systems, but I play my Nintendo more than I play my PS4 right now. You know, I'm in love with my Nintendo all over again. So, but I guess when you get to this age, you know, you start feeling all nostalgic and such. So, you know, you want to, you know, relive that, those highlight moments when you were younger and all that. And I, I guess that's where I am right now. But so I'm so, going with the old Nintendo. So you're no foul. I'm no foul. I'm going to go no foul with you. I can't believe I'm agreeing with you. Um, it's, it's one of my least favorite things to do, but I'm going to say no foul as well because nostalgia is king and, uh, you know, it rolls on this one. So, unfortunately, I have to agree with you. Um, the, the, the last one, now, see, this one is going to be a little, you know, don't don't dodge it or nothing. You know what I mean? I'm going to need you to, 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 to give the honest answer here. But, you know, a lot of these podcasts, I've been bringing up politics because it's a big thing right now, obviously, that's going on in our world. And that's what, you know, we do here, man. We like to talk about um, the, the, the things that are happening in the world that are affecting me and you, right? So, that's right. So, you know, there's a lot of accusations flying left and right, especially about Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump, because that's what they're doing these days. They're slandering each other. Um, things come out to try to, you know, to gain voters or to make you lose voters, whatever the case may be. So, you know... I, I don't know all the specifics as far as I, I've heard all kinds of different things and I never actually tried to fact check all of them. Um, but, but you hear a lot of people say that Donald Trump is racist. Um, not, I don't know if it's specifically for anything he has done personally or anything, you know, he has said some questionable things, you know, and he has questionable friends and friends who are, uh, you know, a hundred percent racist, I believe. And, uh, um, uh. Yeah, and so, much. <laughs> and so, you know, allegedly Donald Trump is racist, or any, or, or you know, something to the effect, or friends with racists and things like that. And so, therefore, if you have supporters who are racist, or you know people who are racist, or you say questionable things, you are racist in the eye of public opinion, which may be correct. Allegedly, I don't know. I can't make that claim. Um, but if you are, if you're in that camp and you believe that, um, that you know Donald Trump is a racist or associated with racist, um, the the statement I'm going to throw at you is. If you vote for Trump, you are a racist. File or no foul? If you vote for Trump. Now, see, this is a hard one, man. Because, again, we're just going off of assumptions and allegedly this, allegedly that. You know, 
but just going off of or, or, or even I can say not in your personal opinion, but in, a, in, in the eyes of American people who are not going to vote for Donald Trump. Um, if you vote for Trump, you're racist. Is that a foul or a no foul? I'm going to say no foul. And that's, that's because I don't necessarily believe you have to be a racist to vote for Trump, Donald Trump. I mean, maybe you just feel you, you like some of the views that he has on what he's going to do to quote unquote, make America great again. And, um, maybe you disagree with some of the things you said, um, uh, some of the things that he said, but doesn't necessarily make you a racist just because he's hung out with some racist people, you know, KKK, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, or should I say been, been affiliated with, with that <laughs> allegedly. Um, but I don't think it necessarily makes you a racist, but, um, you know, what they say about, you know, uh, you are who the, the company you keep. Basically. Right. You, you, if you hang out with that type of company, even if you're not like that, you're going to be, you know, viewed as that. You know, that, that the perception is going to be, well, this guy must be racist also, you know. So right. if he's affiliating himself with, you know, uh, allegedly affiliating himself with KKK members or whatever, uh, then it's going to look like, you know, he's racist also. And, but, you know, who knows whether that's true or not, but I'm going to say no file to the question because it doesn't necessarily make you a racist just right. because you vote for Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. I just think it's interesting how you, you hear that a lot. You know what I mean? Like if someone says, oh, I, I'm voting for Trump, they're like, oh, you're racist? You know what I mean? Like that's the automatic, yeah. like, yeah, assumption or opinion of people, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, or, that's all. That, that's, people think that, you know, that, that, to me that's a... Uh, you know that, that's idiotic to think that just because you vote for Trump you're a racist. But um, you know, I just I, I don't think so. That's that's not my view. Gotcha. So you're actually foul on that, right? Trump voters uh -huh. are racist. Okay. Um, the the, <laughs> the, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about really quick was uh, was Ray Rice, um, and, and not from a fancy football perspective. Um, I seen an article and I cannot quote who it came from originally, so I don't know who who actually put the article out. But um, I seen somewhere that Ray Rice um, stated that he would donate his entire 2016 um, salary and NFL salary if a team signed him and obviously I assume kept him all season or whatever the case is um, that he would donate to charity. Um, I found this really interesting um, and, and it kind of put me in a in a in a weird mind state because. I look at it like this. On one hand, if we sign this man, you are saying that you acknowledge what he did and you forgive it. You're giving him a second chance. And in turn, you're also helping people who need something because you're going to give his entire salary to charity, which to maybe to an NFL player, that charity is not a lot. But um, or, or to someone who's wealthy, it's not a lot. But to people who need it, that's a, a very large sum of money. Um, so so in, in return of, you know, giving him the second chance and, and giving him a shot. Um, or, or forgiving him or whatever, however you want to look at it, um, you're helping people who need it. Um, by denying him in the same sense and, and not forgiving him and saying what you did is too wrong uh, for me to give you a second chance, you are now also denying a charity technically or, or people who need money um, because you're saying that we're going to turn away money. And in, in, in essence, to me, you're turning away money because you know there's 400000 or 700000 or whatever he was going to get as a minimum salary. Um, that could have went to somebody. I guess technically you could just donate it yourself, or you feel like you're, you know, um, you feel like it maybe has dirty money or something because you did it, you know, because you signed him just to do it. But um, 
I think it's an interesting position that it puts people in. I don't know if it's just a ploy on his end or if he really is genuinely sorry and thinks that, you know, that'll help people. Um, but, you know, one, one of the things that kind of, kind of come to mind for me, which make it weird, is Michael Vick did a lot of bad stuff. He played in the league. Um, Greg Hardy did some bad things. He played in the league. Um, and, and we did see videos, pictures, and, and things of what these people have done, and they still played in the league. Um, Ray Rice obviously did a terrible thing and hasn't played in the league since then. And we, we all watched it on video. We all seen it. Um, but, but for me, the, the thing that is, is funny is the woman or the victim, you could even say in that video is his wife. And I think they just had a yeah. baby after that. I think they may have gotten married after it. I don't know if she was his wife in the video or not, but um, since then they've clearly, she's clearly forgiven him and moved on. Um, and, and they're together and happy and, continuing a you know growing a life together so when the victim forgives the person who did wrong is it our obligation at that point to forgive that person too or is it okay still in a sense to hold a grudge against someone who even the victim has accepted their apology do you know what i mean yeah i mean i i i, I do think that uh it is our obligation if if she has forgiven him you know I don't see why we wouldn't forgive him if he's, you know, done his due diligence as far as making sure that something like this never happens again, you know, uh, uh, bringing light to uh, the situation as far as domestic abuse and and letting um, uh, kids know that, you know, this is not the way to go. This is not what you should do because whether you know it or not or whether you like it or not, you are a role model and kids are watching you. So you should always, you know, keep that in mind. And, um, you know, I do feel like he deserves a second chance because I think he's done, you know, all the things that he needs to do to get himself, you know, in a, in a right place and get his mindset in the right place of knowing that I cannot do this. You know, this is not the right thing to do. You know, no matter what she says, no matter how bad she goes off, unless it's a self-defense thing. You've seen self-defense, you know, stuff where you, you would, you know, uh, 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 a woman's trying to kill you or whatever. You know, you want to... You always want to defend yourself, but this was definitely not a self-defense thing. This was, you know, she must have said something out of the way or whatever, and, you know, they were both drunk or whatever, and he, he hit her. I mean, he shouldn't have did it, but he did. And, and he, I think the guy's paid his, his, his dues for that. I think he deserves a second chance. You know, like, he's, like you mentioned, there are a lot of other people out there that have done some horrible things, you know, the Michael Vick thing and whoever else. But... You know, they paid the dues. They, you know, they got a second chance. Why Why shouldn't this guy get a second chance? Um, I know, it, it, you know, a lot of people are not going to accept it no matter what. But this is America. You know, we, we want to make America great again, right? So, uh, as far <laughs> as that goes, uh, as far as that goes, uh, which is, does not affiliate me with Donald Trump. <laughs> um, uh, as far as that goes, uh you know, you want to, you know, Americans like to be able to, you know, uh, to, to, to forgive people. You know, you got to give, give a person a second chance. You know, you, you've seen that the person apologized. He's done everything. He's done everything he's supposed to do to try to get this thing, you know, turned around, let everybody know that, look, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not the right thing to do, you know, and I think the guy deserves a second chance. I don't yeah. see why he wouldn't get a second chance. Yeah. Yeah, see, and, and that's what I mean. Like, by in, in no way, shape, or form would I, Clock Dodgers, anybody associated with it, 
um, ever condone what he did. Um, we would never okay what he did. You could never excuse it in any way to me um, to make it okay. Um, but but at the same time, um, like I said, the person that he committed the act on has clearly forgiven him. Not like oh he paid her a bunch of money and they moved on. Like yeah, forgiven that's, that's him. Different. Like had a that's child different. with him, I believe. Married him or stayed yeah, married. Yeah, they, they got married shortly after. Yep. Yeah. So so that person has clearly you know given this person a second chance and said to themselves, this person can be better than this. This person can improve from this. Um, and, and one of the issues to me personally, just my opinion, in our society is we are so quick. To you know, see someone fuck up, uh, make a mistake, and and throw them behind jail, and say this is your punishment. You stay here, you rot away here, or whatever. You know, or then if we let you out, we're gonna label you a certain thing so that life is too difficult for you to really make it anymore. Now you're a felon, or now you have this record, um, and we never rehabilitate the person. We never fix the person. We just send them back out broken. And, you know, that's kind of what you've done to Ray Rice by telling this man, you can't make a living here no more where you've made a living your whole life, where you've worked your whole life at this expertise and made yourself an expert at it. Um, I'm sure if he wanted to talk on TV because the NFL won't let him back, they won't probably let him back either. They don't want to, you know, say, oh, the NFL won't let him back, but we'll co-sign him. So so everyone's kind of, um, you know, stopping him from making a living. They're stopping him from pursuing what he loves. And I know people are going to say, but he lost that opportunity when he put his hands on a woman. I get it. But how, how far do you go with somebody when you punish them? You know what I mean? Do you punish someone for life for making a mistake? Because I know we've all no. made mistakes. I know we all no, continue we to make mistakes. Um, and sure, we can make mistakes that cost us a lot. And, you know, just like Mike Vick, people feel he paid his dues. You know, he did what, you know, whether, whether it was, you know, it, it genuinely or not, it doesn't really matter. He paid his dues and whatever, you know, they asked him to do. And I'm sure Ray Rice has done so as far as if they had him in anger management or anything like that. Um, like I said, otherwise his wife wouldn't have married him after that or had babies with him after that. And, and I know, you know, in some abusive relationships, women go along with it or don't say nothing because they're afraid. But this isn't like that, in my opinion, because yeah. this was something that we all seen. It's not like she had to tell us, you know what I mean? Um, yep. you know, this is, this was an easy out for her if she had to, I think, in my opinion, again, I can't put myself in her oh, shoes yeah. or, or say what she could have done or, or what she should have did. But, um, I just feel like, what do we gain from saying you made a mistake and we'll never forgive you for it. We'll never let you do this again. You've lost this forever. Um, and, and especially when you've let other guys come back, you know, Mike Vick, Greg Hardy. I wonder if Johnny Manziel came knocking back at the NFL's door right now. Could he walk right back in? You know, it's something I wonder, because if you let Johnny Manziel back in, who has very easily um, looked as bad as, as Ray Rice or worse, um, because he's done a lot of questionable things. I think I've heard about stuff about him doing stuff to his girlfriend as well. Um, I wonder if he could walk right back in. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting thing. I just think that, you know, we don't fix people or help people by saying you did this bad thing. You're never allowed back here again. Again. I know he hurt somebody. It's terrible. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's okay if he does it again or if anyone else does it. Um, but I just feel like there has to be some level of rehab- rehabilitation, um, you know, there somewhere for people um, because we all make mistakes and there's no reason to act like we're better than that. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was raised by my mom only. You know, my dad wasn't in my life. Um, you know, and I had a, a, a bunch of aunts, stuff like that. So I was raised by women, and, you know, I was always raised to never put your hand on a woman, you know, unless you're defending yourself, and and only to defend yourself, never to put your hand on a woman, you know. And and I you mean had, life or death, 
protecting yourself. Yeah, not like, 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 not like, like she slapped yeah. you and now you have to punch not her in the like, face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like she slapped me. Just like, you know, you had this that, that uh, incident uh, with the guy, um, the, the quarterback at Florida State. Um, he, uh, the, the, the girl was at the bar and, you know, he was pushing his way up to the bar. He, um, uh, the girl, you know, she was tipsy or whatever. You can tell she had, you know, uh, something to drink or whatever. And she put her hands on him first. And when she did that, or, or, or like struck him or whatever, he punched her. Now, I don't condone that. I don't think that he should have punched her. I think he should have, you know, restrained himself and just, you know, pushed this, you know, pushed her away or whatever, or, you know, made sure that she don't hit him. You know, knowing that, hey, this girl has something to drink. Whether she said, you know, he, he even said that she might have been, you know, she, she might have said something derogatory or whatever, used the N-word, whatever. But still, you got to be able to restrain yourself. You got to know who you are. Yeah. You got to know, you know, what you're putting on the line. And this guy ended up getting kicked off the team because of that. You know, so um, you just got to, you got to restrain yourself. You know, if it was a life or death situation, then yeah, you got to defend yourself. But other than that, you know, you just, you don't, you, put, you don't put your hand on, on women. And I think he's learned his lesson. I think the man deserves a second chance. And the, the guy's trying to do everything he can to get back into the league, you know, by giving up his check. I mean, Michael Vick didn't give up the check. He, you know, he was involved with the killing of all the, the, the puppies, you know, yep. you know what I mean? So, you know, it, you know, if, if he got a second chance, why doesn't this guy get a second chance? You know, so, yeah. you know, I, I really do believe he deserves a second, second chance. And um, I think it's a great thing that he's doing to want to give up his check, you know, just to get back in the league. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand what else you, you need to do. You know, you deserve a second chance. Yeah, I know a lot of places that four hundred thousand dollars can do a lot of good. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, um, man. That, so here, four hundred thousand dollars can do a lot, man. Yeah. So here, here's the Ray Rice, man. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he can get back or some way um, find a way to get back into a you know the sport that he loves, the passion that he has, and and hopefully um, you know contribute in some way. We'll, we'll we'll see how it plays out, but we're definitely rooting for that. Because um, again, we're we're a place of second chances, man. That's what we are. Um, <laughs> that that's all we have for today. I mean, is there anything that you wanted to say, Jeff, or anything you wanted to get out there, or any messages, or anything we didn't cover that you think needs to be said before we go here? Well, um, I first of all want to say uh, thank you for letting me come on. You know, and uh, you know, voice my opinion about fantasy football. I love talking fantasy football. You know, I love to. Uh, you know, uh, chop it up with you like we normally do and, you know, um, get some information out there for guys and and, and girls also. Um, <laughs> Shout out and, to all the women fantasy football players, yeah, man. Exactly. Shout out to the women out there. I've seen know? so many last season, more than I've ever seen in my life playing fantasy football, and I've, you know, communicated that's, that's with a bunch a of them now. And... That, is, that is a great thing, man. I love that. I love to see the women playing fantasy football, and, you know, I, I love to see women I love when women love football, like to watch football. I love that. Love that. It's a turn on, big turn on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, just, you know, shout out to you to let me come, let me come on and, you know, um, let me say my piece about whatever. And, and, um, and I think it was fun. And, you know, lastly, I want to say go nose, baby. Oh man. You have to sell that propaganda on here in the last minute, man. Oh no. Last, baby. last minute propaganda. This is unbelievable. Well, man, no, man, it's all good. I appreciate you coming on too, and we'll have to do this some some more. You know what I mean, I'm sure um, you'll you'll come back. You know, hopefully, hopefully soon here, maybe before the season starts again, or once it's right before the season kicks off. Um, like I said, we'll we'll likely be in a league 
again this year and I'll likely win it again. I mean, what's new, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll have to, uh, do this again. Um, and, and, and as always, Jeff, you know what I'm saying? Be kind be great and keep dodging. And there you have it guys. That was another great episode. That is episode 33. I cannot believe we are 33 episodes into this awesome journey that we've started. Um, you know that the NFL season right now, guys, is less than 50 days away. I mean, as of me recording this, you know, when you listen to this, the NFL season could have started. You could just be late. But, uh, you know, from this today, today is the 24th, uh, July 24th. So the season starts on September 8th. Uh, and so less than, less, than, less than 50 days away. That's exciting. It feels like we've been waiting forever. But episodes like this where we talk you know, pretty much strictly fancy football, um, you know, it kind of scratches that itch a little bit, but in some cases it, it rips the scab straight off and you're like, man, I need football right now. <laughs> but, um, I want to thank Jeff again for coming on. Um, like I said, that's, that's been, you know, my boy for, for a long time. So, um, shout out to him for coming on and, and you know, especially since he's on that, you know, he's on, he, he gets some L's whenever he plays with me. So, you know, uh, I'm just kidding. He does good. He's he, he he as you guys can see, he's got he, he knows what he's talking about. So um, that w- that was fun to do that. Um, I appreciate him coming on. Obviously, you guys see I have some new games in store. You know, for the fantasy season, some new some new things we're gonna do. Um, and, and and you know, the, like I said, if you have any ideas, you know, if you got some ideas, suggestions for foul or no foul, if you have suggestions for our new fantasy trade, uh, blackjack, if you have new ideas for a- anything at all. Um, throw them my way. The easiest way to do it is through Twitter. Um, you can either just message me on there, like direct message me, send me a DM, slide in my DMs. Um, or if you're on the Fantasy Life app, you can hit me up there. But I still I still prefer Twitter um, or email, uh, clockdodgers at gmail.com. Those are probably the easiest ways to get in contact with me. You can always, of course, follow me on Instagram as well, at clockdodgers. Same with Twitter, at clockdodgers. Um, and send me some ideas if you have anything, any questions, anything you think we should talk about, any players we should highlight. Um, anything at all that you feel like we should cover, um, feel free to send them my way. But, um, in the meantime, you know, I'm, I'm throwing, uh, you know, I'm throwing new fresh things out there. So, um, they may be, you know, often imitated, never duplicated, let it, let them try, but that's okay. Um, you know, we're all inspired by somebody, right? <laughs> but you guys have inspired me. So that's what I, that's what I need. Um, also, if you haven't already, clockdodgers.com has a new, a new, a, uh, new compass report up. Go ahead and check that out. That's written by my boy uh, at Shy Ruxin on the Fantasy Life app. Uh, you can catch him on Twitter, uh, Shy Sports Nut Twenty Five, I believe at Shy Sports Nut Twenty Five. Um, but get on there and check out that report because he he does such a good job with that. Um, he already released one a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, a couple a few weeks ago, I guess, and then just one uh, on Saturday, which is covering the NFC North. Uh, and he does his great job of breaking down. Um, you know, the teams in that division, who's fantasy relevant in that division uh, for each team, the new players to keep an eye on on those teams. So he drops tons of great information on there. Again, it's called the Compass Report. Um, and, and this week he happened to do the NFC North. Last last Compass Report was the AFC North, if you missed it. Um, and just go in there and it's a couple of pages. It's typically like four or five pages long, um, you know, for each team. Each team has its own page. And so go in there, check those out. Lots of good information. Um, he does a good job, you know, keeping it fresh, entertaining, new, uh, some good some good new ideas that you'll see there. And he has a bold prediction also. 
uh, for each player, which is fun. Um, be on the lookout for a lot of stuff, fancy football, of course, coming to cloudodgers.com in the podcast. Uh, you will see those things like rankings, um, the, the compass reports, um, predictions, uh, all, all kinds of stuff coming in. Of course, the podcast, we have all kinds of new guests coming, um, fresh guests. Um, that you haven't heard from yet on the Clock Dodgers podcast. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, I did mention on the last podcast, um, there was audio, there was audio uh, difficulties in the last podcast, which again, I apologize for. Um, as you can see, won't happen again. Um, all, all things willing. Um, but I did mention on the last podcast, um, if you had listened all the way through um, to a specific spot, if you had bared with me and got through some of that, um, I had given you a word. Um, to write down. And I said that on this episode, I will give you another word. Um, the word that you, you know, last week's word and then, or last episode's word and then this episode's word. Um, if you send me an email uh, at clock uh, at clockdodgers at gmail.com, the first person to send me the email with both words in it, uh, we'll get, we'll get a wristband um, that I'll, that I'll mail out as soon as I can. Uh, but just go ahead and send me an email clockdodgers at gmail.com um with with the two words um the first word if you haven't heard it you got to go back and listen to the podcast and try to find it um because it was just in a random spot um for those who were you know just listening and 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 staying in in tune with it um even through the difficulty of the audio issue um i appreciate that um so go ahead and send me that email as soon as you get this and get yourself a free wristband i mean represent clock dodgers to the fullest right um the the word for this week is science. So uh, send me, like I said, an email with the one from the last episode, along with science for this episode. And the first person to do that will get themselves a free wristband and some stickers. Um, again, guys, I appreciate you for sticking through sticking through with me. Um, let's keep this thing moving. Lots of big things in store. And you are a part of this. You are making this happen. I can't, I can't thank you guys enough. Let's do this. Be kind, be great keep dodging thank you for listening don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on twitter
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.